before we jump into chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, thinking of hunting, who is a mighty hunter in the scriptures? Who comes to mind? Who is known? Who is a hunter? Esau, right? That was something he was labeled as, as a mighty hunter, right? And I think this will apply to where we're going this morning because I want to I wanna just consider his life just for a moment. Do you guys remember the time that he went out and he didn't get any delicious venison that day? Mighty hunter didn't get any game that day. And he wanted some because he was hungry. And he came back home. And we know he had a brother. His brother was who? Jacob, right? And Jacob was making some delicious stew of something. And he was so hungry, Esau was like, hey, bro, <laughs> give me some of your stew, you know. And Jacob, just the type of guy he is, like, hey, <clears throat> if you give me your birthright, I'll give you some food. You see, Esau's flesh had so much overtaken his thinking <laughs> that he was willing to do whatever to appease his flesh. I will give in. Jacob, I'll give you my, 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 it's a spiritual birthright. Do you guys know that the birthright back then for the firstborn had a lot of spiritual implications to it? You know, I'll give up that spiritual part of my life, that right, because I want to appease my flesh. I just want to feed my flesh right now. You guys are familiar with this story, right? That's good, because we went through Genesis last year. <laughs> And he did. He gave up all that was his as being the firstborn just to appease his flesh. And that's the question I want to ask us this morning before we dive into chapter 3 here. Because we're going to be talking about the carnal, the fleshy Christian this morning. And how many of us have been there before? Let's be honest. I'll raise two hands. There's times I'm fleshing out. I've been carnal in my thinking, in my walk. Okay, but I want to ask you this morning, are you a carnal Christian? Are you like an Esau, that the things of the flesh, you care more about that and you're willing to forsake the spiritual just to appease the flesh? And that's where the Apostle Paul, that's where God is taking us this morning here in this letter that was written to the Corinthians. So let's take a read here. It says, and... I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. I found you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, divisions among you, are you still not carnal, behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So he's writing to who here? To the brethren. Did you guys catch that? Jump back just to chapter, chapter, to chapter 2, verse 12. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God. So he's writing this letter to these Corinthians who are carnal, very fleshy, but they're still brothers and sisters in Christ. They're still believers. And I love Corinthians because it is really speaking to a, a people group, a church that is very self-centered. They are living for self to appease the flesh. There's some people all through the years who've come to church here, we like the word of God, and I've been told that they didn't really care for the preaching because it wasn't about them. That's the mentality of a lot of the Christian church today. Well, I want some self-help. I want it to be about me. I don't want it to be about God and what he says. But if we're spiritual-minded, guess what? Aren't we told in John chapter 4 that his word is spirit? Yeah. If it's spirit, do we have a spiritual appetite for it? I hope so, because that's what God would have for his kids. 
But there are Christians who grieve the spirit, who've chosen to live for self. I want to be about me, my flesh. What do I want? I want something good to eat. I want everything to be well in my life. I want to be comfortable. I want to be wealthy. I want to be rich. I want to be healthy. I want all those things. Are those things bad? No. Does God give us those things? Sometimes. Should we receive them? Yeah, by faith. But if that's where our thinking is, we are carnal. We are not spiritually minded. Doesn't Romans 8 tell us that to be spiritual minded is life and peace? How many of you guys want life and peace? Raise your hand. Amen. But to be carnally minded is death. That's where my heart breaks, guys. For brothers and say, hey guys, I love you guys. So glad you came. Anyways, they used to fellowship with us. They're up in Green Bay now. Anyways, good to see you guys. But to be spiritually minded, okay, that's the life and peace. But to be carnally minded is death. And how many Christians are just missing out today? Because they care more about the flesh. Now, as an elder of yours, I don't ask you guys to do much homework. I'm going to ask you guys to read Galatians this next week. How many of you guys will say, yeah, I'll do that, Pastor Landon? I'll read through. It really does a deep dive into the struggle between the spirit and the flesh. Okay, I think it's one of the most precise. I feel like what Paul's trying to lay down here in one chapter, Galatians unpacks in a beautiful way. Part of me just wanted to teach Galatians this morning to drive home where Paul's going here. So your homework, read the book of Galatians this week. Short epistle. You'll be able to read it just in a day or two. But pray on it. Allow the Spirit of God to open your eyes. How many of you guys have the fear that sometimes maybe we're carnal or fleshy and we don't really know it? Maybe we're thinking a little higher than ourselves. Like, hey, I'm doing good. I made it to church this week. I've prayed every day. I'm doing my devotions. Guys, I've gone through the motions doing all the right things and I've still been in a fleshy mode. You know, and there's times where it's the Holy Spirit just like, hey, son, <laughs> what you thinking about? Where's your head? Where's your heart right now? Oh, I'm so thankful. God, you were so good enough because I, I was deceiving myself. I was blind to that. So I love that Paul here takes the time to say, hey, Christian, <laughs> there are going to be there those among you who are born again of the Spirit, have the Spirit of God, yet one is carnal and one is spiritual. And we should be discerning where are we at, okay, to take some inventory. And then he goes on to tell us in verse 1, you know, hey, I want to speak to you as spiritual people, you know, but I have to speak to you because you're carnal, you know, because you're still babes in Christ. You haven't grown up. Okay, how many of you guys desire to actually grow in the Lord? Oh, I should change the slide. Here's this morning's thing. <laughs> grow! <laughs> grow! And that's my prayer. I want us to be a people who are growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we are spiritually minded, that we are truly enjoying life, and that we have peace. That's what God has for us. I don't care if every chair is filled, if we build a bigger building and we fill that. Who cares how many people come? Are you growing in Jesus because that is the heart of our God. Jesus wants us, according to the book of Ephesians, he wants to enrich each and every one of us. And I don't want to see any of us come short of that. Well, how do we do that? We take some inventory. We take the word of God seriously. We hear it, but we also do it. And there's going to be some instruction here for us this morning in regards to this. He says, hey, you're a bunch of babes. You just still want milk. Wouldn't it be weird if you're a grown person, your, your diet consists of milk? I, I love milk. I'll still have a cup of milk, you know, uh, once in a while, okay? My parents would testify when I was a young man, I drank almost a gallon a day. I, like, really like milk, you know? Um, <clears throat> but you can't live on milk. You need real food, solid. And I'm not talking junk food. Okay, it's not having some milk with those brownies. I mean, you need real meat, something of substance, real food to live on. But he's saying here, hey, I can't even talk to you. I want to go deeper. I want to have some real spiritual conversation with you guys. But you're carnal. You're fleshy. 
There's so much that God has. Every spiritual blessing in the spiritual, you know, heavens, they're yours in Christ. And I know Paul's heart is like, I want you guys to get those, but you're fleshy. You're living for that. Your mind's on that. I want you to come over here to get some solid food. And that's why we love the word of God, okay? We want to be in the word. We want to get a good meal. So when he says here, you know, I can't give you the solid food for until now you are not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 5 just for a moment together. I had a brother last night who came out for hunting for truth. He goes to a church in Greenville, and he's just like, hey, he never heard me preach before. He's just like, hey, I can tell you guys go deep in the word here. That's so cool. He goes to a church that teaches a lot of topicals, you know, and topicals can be good and stuff, but he's just like, yeah, I've been studying this, and I've been listening to these podcasts. He's just like, I want to go deeper. I'm like, bro, it sounds like you are going deeper. Keep wetting that appetite, bro. You know, it's not the church. If you're going to expect to get what you want from your church, man, you're you're missing it. That's just a small part of our lives. You guys get that? Man, we are (laughs) called to study to show yourselves approved to God. It's not, hey, I hope your pastor studies enough that I'm approved before God. No, study to show yourselves approved to God. A workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. That's something we get to do individually, which is a blessing. But we have to have a desire for the meat, the solid food of God's word. And that's something that we find here in Hebrews chapter uh, 5. Let's jump all the way down to verse 12. He says, for though by this time, again, he's writing to believers, by this time, you guys ought to be teachers, not just hearing in learning, but you've heard enough of the word. You've grown enough that you should be able to teach others. But you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Didn't chapter 2 of Corinthians tell us that the Spirit of God at work in us will give us spiritual discernment? But how many believers aren't able to discern what's right and wrong? Why is there so much division and so many other opinions within the body. If we're spiritual-minded, it's very easy to be on the same page and to find unity in Christ, to have the mind of Christ. But when we're divided, when we are in the flesh, it's because, okay, we want our thing, our rights. My opinion is what matters. And that's why we see so much strife and division within the body of Christ. And to be honest, guys, when I'm walking in the spirit and spiritual-minded, a lot of this stuff that we divide over, I don't think God even cares about. God says, no, there's something else that matters. There's eternal things that matter right now. There's the souls of men and women that are weighing in the balances of eternity right now. This is what matters. I want to enrich you. I want you to have life. I want you to have peace. That's what matters. This only brings death. Let's go to one more passage, just a couple books back to Timothy. First Timothy, chapter 4, there it is. Well, Pastor, I want to discern. I want to be spiritually minded. What must I do? Well, Verse 7 of chapter 4, and this is right after the great apostasy in the church, just fleshly, wrong thinking. He tells us in verse 7, but reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourselves. Again, it's not for the leaders, the pastors to exercise themselves. No, you exercise yourselves towards godliness. 
For bodily exercise, it profits, doesn't it? But how much does it profit? A little. Okay? But godliness is profitable for what? All things. Having the promise of life that now is and that which is to come. So I'll paraphrase this to help us understand. Paul's pretty much saying stop being you know, spiritual thumb suckers. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Exercise. Exercise in the things of godliness. Okay, have discernment. Be growing spiritually is what he's saying. Have you guys ever met a Christian who came to faith decades ago, but you would say they're probably still a spiritual baby? There is no discernment. There is no growth. That's just silly. It'd be like looking at a grown adult wearing diapers. What are you doing? You know, you should be beyond this. You shouldn't be just having milk with every meal. It's time to grow up. And the thing that's really cool about our God, guys, okay, because I understand there is a season and a time. The milk of the word is profitable, Peter tells us, for growth, okay? And some of you guys have recently come to faith in Christ. There is a season to be growing on the milk of the word, okay? The basics of the faith. There is a time, but we need to grow up. You can't keep doing that forever, okay? Got to get into the solid food, the meat of God's word. But the cool thing with our God is, you guys know that we can grow spiritually really as fast as we want to, okay? God's not going to withhold any good thing from us. He's not going to hold these spiritual truths, all these things he has for his children. He's not going to say, wait, you got to grow up a bunch before. (laughs) No, we can be growing as much as we want. How many of you guys know somebody who, you know, they get saved and within a couple months, they're just rocking it with Jesus. They're diving into the word. They have the spiritual discernment. They're sharing things with you like, man, I've been in the Lord for a while. It's studying. I've, I never saw that, but it's absolutely true. It is right. It just blows your mind. You get a greater vision of who Jesus is because God is just downloading into their heart just awesome truths and they're growing. They're being sanctified. They weren't the person they were just a couple months ago. Radical change. What's going on? Well, that younger brother or sister, all they chose to do was yield. I'm all in. (laughs) I accepted you as my Lord and my Savior. I've counted the cost. My life is now yours. Here I am. You're my dad. Feed me. Grow me. And if we're open, guys, we grow. Isn't it the same with our children? Don't we get a little frustrated once in a while when we're teaching the same thing over and over and over again? It's okay when they're little, you know? It's just like, hey, you're supposed to keep messing for a while. (laughs) That's just part of life, you know? But you get to a point where there's a frustration once in a while, like, hey, we're a little older now. We should be getting this by now. We shouldn't be going back. We already worked through that. We shouldn't be going back to that. Doesn't that get a little frustrating as a parent? You know, and how much greater is our God? Like, I I think, like, (laughs) oh, I frustrate God. He's very patient with us, isn't he? You know, and I just want to encourage you in that, okay, maybe you have been carnally minded. Maybe your walk with the Lord has been stunted, arrested development for some reason. God's not looking down saying, shame on you. You should be farther along by now. You know what he's saying? Hey, I still have all of this for you. I still, I still want to walk with you. I still want to teach you. You still can grow. That's the heart of our God. So I just want to say, if you've been in the Lord for a while and you feel like you've been stunted, you still can say, yeah, God, I want to grow. I'll yield. I'm in. And I love, let's go back to Corinthians. <clears throat> he says, you're still carnal here. I think it's verse 3. You're still carnal. For there is, <laughs> there is envy or strife or divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Makes me think. Let's jump over to Acts 20 quick. Do you guys know that the book of Acts records what the Spirit of God was doing through the early church, through those believers who had come to faith? 
It records a lot of what Paul was doing on his missionary journeys and what he was, you know, what God was up to in the life of the different churches. And they're in Ephesus, okay? I love the Ephesian church. I love the book. How many of you guys enjoy the book of Ephesians? Okay, isn't it beautiful? Your identity, who you are in Christ, how we ought to walk. How many of you guys have read 2 Ephesians? Raise your hand. 2 Ephesians. Do you guys know that Jesus, in Revelation 2 and 3, writes seven letters? And one of those seven letters is to which church? The church that's in Ephesus. Oh, boy. They're a church that had left their first love. They're a church that needed to return. And I think how many of us, oh, we love the book of Ephesians, who I am in Christ, spiritual church, good things happening there in Ephesus. But how many of us maybe missed the second letter? Oh, you started well, but you've walked away. You've left your first, you need to come back. Go back to those first things. Start over. You see Paul here warning the church in Ephesus. Let's jump all the way down to verse 29 together. I'd love to read the context. You can go back and visit it if you want. Elders of Freedom, I'd encourage you guys to read the verses preceding. Verse 29 here. But it says, For I know... Uh, that uh, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you. So Paul's saying, hey, I've been here ministering to you, giving you the meat of the word, you guys are growing, but I know that when I leave, these savage wolves are going to come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, and draw away disciples to who? To Jesus Christ? What does it say? To themselves. That's carnal Christianity, guys. Because wolves will come and people will say, hey, <laughs> I have what you need. You need to listen to what I say and what I think. You need to be my disciple. Guys, understand that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. It's all about him. But this is what happens. The carnal Christian is easily swayed. Aren't we tossed to and fro? Hey, do you hear what they're up to? What their ministry? I'm all about that ministry. And then I'm over here. Hey, look what God's doing over here with this person. And a lot of times, they're just wolves. I really invite you guys, if you ever see LandonChurchillMinistries.com somewhere, <laughs> come kick me in my butt, okay? It's not about drawing people after ourselves. As we make disciples, God said, go make disciples, right? Teaching them what? All that I have said. All that I have commanded. And that includes 1 Corinthians chapter 3, so let's go back there. Many false teachers in the last days, guys. Beware. Um, and he tells us here that there's going to be envy, strife, and divisions. Aren't you guys glad that this isn't happening in the church anymore today? Okay. And Paul's writing this. Let's go to Romans 7 real quick. Okay, we're going to go, we're going to go visit Paul. We went through Corinthians, or sorry, Romans last year together. And in Romans chapter 7... I was chewing on this earlier this week. But the Apostle Paul, if you guys were at our men's retreat a couple years ago, you know he's my hero. I love studying his life, okay? Uh, there's a lot of things I can relate with with him, some of his struggles. Um, but here in Romans chapter 7, I want us to look at verse 21. He says, I find then a law, okay, that evil, it's present with me. In one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. <laughs> oh, wretched man that I am, 
who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he goes on to say, I thank God. It's through Jesus Christ our Lord, okay? He's the one who's going to do the delivering. But did you guys get the struggle that Paul was explaining there? Hey, within my members, there's a war going on. This carnal mentality, my flesh, is warring against my spirit here. I'm doing the things I don't want to do. But who's going to deliver me? And who's going to deliver us, guys? It's Jesus. Okay? He is the key. And that's where Paul is going to bring us in 1 Corinthians 3 here. So let's go back. In verse 5, okay, we're going to see this uh, harvesting uh, analogy or metaphor here, okay? Um, agriculture. He says in verse 5, Who then is Paul? And then, who is Apollos? But ministers. Okay? Do you guys know what a minister is? What, a, what is a minister biblically? What's the definition of a minister? Someone who serves. Do you guys know we're all called to ministry? If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you're a royal priesthood. You have ministry. And you're called to be a slave a doulos, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. We are to minister, and how do we do that? We serve. So here, Paul, the apostle, Apollos, a minister, their servants, through whom you've believed, as the Lord gave to each one. Paul says, I planted, in verse 6, and then Apollos watered. But who gives the increase to that, those labors? It's God. You guys understand that? God gives the increase. It wasn't Paul. I think he's the coolest apostle. It wasn't him. It wasn't this teacher. It was God himself that gives the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Verse 8 now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. And you guys know that we, the church, are his field, his building. Okay? So I think about this, guys, the reality of us being the church. Let's go to John chapter 4. Great harvesting metaphor there in Jesus in John chapter 4 speaks to this idea of harvesting. Don't you guys get a little excited when the words go red? Yeah. Oh boy, I want to read this whole chapter. We don't have time. Let's jump down to verse 30. Um, in chapter 4 of John, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both those or he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you in to reap for what you have not labored, or sorry, I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Don't you guys want to catch what Jesus is saying here? Okay, there's a harvest. It's huge, and it is ready. And you may glean from that. You may partake in that. But there are others who have gone before us. Okay? Let's not think too highly of ourselves. I love what God's doing here at Freedom Fellowship. Okay? There's been a lot of church plants here, okay, of the evangelical vein that have had a hard time going of it here in this community. But do you guys understand we're here this morning because of the saints that have gone before us. 
Do you know how many brothers and sisters who've been praying for years that there would be a Bible teaching church in Kokana? You think about your own salvation, your walk with the Lord. Who took the time to speak truth into your life? Who is on their knees praying for your soul that you would come to faith in Jesus? Think about those who have all labored before us. Our moms, our dads, our grandparents, our neighbor maybe, maybe a boss at work. Think about generations ago. Man, men and women being faithful to what God's called them to do. And there's still a harvest today. Think about all the stuff that God's up to and what he sees. Okay. Do you guys know a non-believer? Anybody know a non-believer? Okay. There's definitely a harvest, isn't there? Harvest is large. So I, I read this, and if we come back to what Jesus is saying here, okay, we see clearly he's saying everyone has a place in God's harvest. Would you guys agree with me that I have rightly divided the word here, that our Lord and Savior is saying every single one of us has a place in his harvest? Yes, I see that. I'm glad you guys are agreeing with me. So I think we need to stop competing, okay? And we also need to stop complaining, okay? Sometimes, well, why don't I get to do that? Or why aren't you doing that? And doesn't that happen a lot within the body of Christ? Well, I do this. You should do it too. Well, maybe God's not calling you to do that. Maybe God's calling you to do something else. I don't care how long we've been in the Lord or how much sure we might be. We can be carnal. That's fleshy thinking. When we start comparing ourselves, you be who God made you to be. He's given you gifts. You are a part of his work. You're a part of his harvest, what he's up to. You need to do what you need to do. Because the person sitting next to you they're not called to do that. And if you fall into that type of stinking thinking, you're immature in the Lord. You haven't grown up. You are being carnal. We need to be spiritually minded. And when we are spiritually minded, isn't there a beautiful unity within the body of Christ? Isn't there grace to be found? Yeah. We get over each other stupid. We won't press the issue. We'll extend that grace. We will partner together, shoulder together. Brother, I'll do this. <laughs> Sister, you're gifted this way. You do this. Let's serve together and glorify our God. That's beautiful. That's the body of Christ. And there's some of us within the body who are carnal and we're not doing our part. You guys ever have a project to do and you're expecting more hands to show up and they don't show up? And you get a little bummed like, oh, man, a lot of extra work. I got a shoulder now. A lot of extra I got to take care of. But it's really not our burden. It's just because someone else who's been called by the Lord is missing the blessing of partaking in the harvest. And that's where we guys get to stir each other up onto good works. Do you guys understand? That's what we're doing here this morning. The church is given as a blessing to the body of Christ to equip us all for the work of ministry. So don't ever fall into the mentality of, hey, Elders that freedom have it. The leaders will take care of it all. No, we have our parts. We all have our different parts, and we get to work together. And isn't it beautiful when we come together and work together? There's so much joy that is shared in doing life together, ministry together, being a part of God's purposes together. Sorry, I know we keep flipping all over the place, but let's go back to 1 Corinthians. And that's one thing I love about the Word of God. You guys ever find yourself when you are studying, you're growing spiritually, and you get that appetite for the meat of the word? Don't you guys find yourselves cross-referencing all the time? It's like, oh, this scripture is taking me over here. Okay, and I remember God saying this, and that fits perfectly. You know, really, we could sit here for hours today. I'm not going to do that to you, but we could sit here and just continue to dive into these, you know, scriptures here in Corinthians. And that's why I encourage you guys, take time. Be before the Lord, asking him to speak to you. All right, so 
he uses this uh, harvesting metaphor. Now we'll, we'll go on to the building in verse 9. This is an architecture uh, role uh, metaphor. Look at verse 9 with me. He says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, and you're God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed to how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Wow. I read this, guys, and I think of the importance of genuineness. Okay? That's the only thing that I would ask of any of you my brothers and sisters, just be real. Be real. If you're struggling, if you're going through it, if you're rejoicing and praising, whatever is going on, let's be real with the work that God has set before us. Okay? Let's share in that. Let's be real with what God is up to. He talks here about the foundation. You guys know that there, he makes it clear, there's no other foundation but Jesus Christ. Because what happens when we lay any other foundation but Jesus? Do you guys know that foundations are very important? Very important, okay? How many of you guys have bought a house and the first thing you did was walk down into the basement to see the foundation of the house before you checked out the rest of the house? It doesn't matter how awesome that house might be, how great it looks, the many rooms it might have, if the foundation stinks, that's not a good thing. Eventually, things will start falling apart and will not, you know, be able to stand. And that's the same thing for you and I, and I know you guys get that. It is Jesus. But pastor, all we need is love, right? If we just have love, we'll make it. We really want to get married because we're so in love. We've fallen in love. Will you marry us, pastor? Well, let's talk a little bit. Is love going to be your foundation? Because if you guys fell in love, what happens when you fall out of love? Is that foundation going to uphold you guys? No. That's why we see so much divorce today. They've built wrong foundations. I can honestly tell you guys, this June 8th, I could celebrate 20 years of being married to Sonny. She's a pretty cool gal, right? 20 years. And I can tell you guys, never once, never once has the D word come up in our marriage. We have never spoken the word divorce. And the reason is, is because we are Christians. We chose going into marriage to be spiritually minded. Our foundation is Jesus Christ. And divorce is not an option when he is the foundation. And even if I blow it, and I know I blow it, you know, if I'm a little thick-headed, even if my wife, and she never would because she loves the Lord, but even if she would bring up the D word someday, I hope that I am spiritually minded in that moment, that I'm walking in Jesus in such a way that, hey, babe, <laughs> my foundation's in Christ, and I made a promise before him to love you, to stick with you, no matter what, until the day I die. When we have a foundation in Christ, and I know marriage is just one example of many in our lives, guys, but I want to share with you the importance of our foundation being in Jesus. Because even if we made a foundation in good things like hope or faith, that's not enough. Have you ever talked to somebody who says you just have to have faith? Well, faith in what, dude? 
What faith in faith? That's just circular stupidity. Well, hope. You got to have hope. If we just hang on to hope, hope in what? Hope in hope. Really? Because <laughs> a lot of the hope that we see in this world is just wishful thinking. But if my foundation is Jesus Christ, that's a firm foundation. <laughs> Man, that ain't sinking sand. It's going to stand the test of time. And I love that. Aren't you guys so glad that Paul put this in this letter? Hey, the foundation has to be Jesus. Has to be Jesus. So brother and sister, grab a hold of that. Own that. Because there is no other. There is no other redeemer. There is no other salvation. There is no other savior. There is only one Christ. Do you guys understand that? It is him, period. It is our God. And then he goes on to verse 12. He says, hey, if anyone builds on a foundation that's with gold, silver, or stones, wood, hay, or stubble, or straw, okay, each one work will become clear. You know, what happens to the wood, hay, and stubble when it goes through the fire, guys? What's going to happen? Last weekend I was gone because I got to hang out in a cabin that had an old wood stove, right? You know the problem with wood stoves? They get super hot super fast because they burn stuff fast. I couldn't keep the logs going in there long enough. They just like, hey, I just put some in there. Where'd you go? You're gone already. You're doing nothing for me now. But if we are investing, if we're sending up, guys, things that are of worth, wood, and stubble burn, but those things that are real, gold, what happens when it goes into a fire? It just gets more pure. It's refined. Same thing with silver, precious stones, right? Those are things that are going to last. And I don't know about you guys, but you ever feel like you're just spinning your wheels? I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys for a second. I'm in a season right now that's been kind of rough. And a big part of it is I don't want to waste my life. I just want clarity from God. Because there is so much going on. There are so many things that are good. Would you guys say there's a lot of things that we could do that are really good and are beneficial? But again, it's God's deal. God, what do you want me doing specifically? What are you calling me? Because I can do all this stuff. But I don't want it to be wood, hay, and stubble. I don't want it to be things that you're not asking, that don't have eternal weight to them. I want to be given to those things that you're asking. And I think that's a good prayer for all of us to do check-ins with the Lord. (laughs) Am I in step? (laughs) Have I misstep lately? Have I gotten off the path? Because good things can draw us off the path. Are we just doing what God's calling us to do? Because we will be going through the fire. But let me tell you what. When we go through the fire, we're refined. I love my neighbor. Have you guys seen any of these blue bags around your neighborhoods? Okay. I got a neighbor. This dude is so in to getting the sap off these maple trees, right? He goes across the street to our other neighbors that have, and he puts some bags on their trees. And then down the road, it's like three neighbors down. He's hitting up all their trees too. I'm just like, dude, you're pretty cool. Tapping all these trees to get what? A bunch of sap? Have you guys ever just drank sap? (laughs) It's not that good, right? But what happens when it's refined? When all the extras are burnt off. Ooh. (laughs) I love what those trees can produce. So if you're going through the fire, guys, don't despise it. Be thankful. Thank the Lord that, hey, you're refining fire. (laughs) I invite it. Because I do want to be refined. Because I want to be more like you. My desire, Lord, you've asked me to be holy as you're holy. And I know there's some stuff that needs to get burnt off. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. We all have growth. None of us have arrived. Do we invite that? And we're all going to go through seasons where it gets a little hot. But be grateful of that. 
had a great conversation with Sonny this last week. We're clicking together pretty good and, you know, enjoying marriage than we ever have. But I can tell you guys, there's some things we're not agreeing on at the moment, not in a bad way, but we're thankful for it because what is God doing in this season, in this time? We believe and we're praying that he's refining, that he's going to get us on the same page, that we have some clear direction from him. Even though things aren't clear, you know, exactly, we believe that he's going to make that clear because, again, we want to be spiritually minded. We just want to do what God wants us to do. And I think it's good to seek the Lord in such a way. So let's move on to verse 16. Yes, we got 15 minutes yet. This is awesome. Look at verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Wow. Jump over just a couple chapters to chapter 6. Jump down to verse 19 with me. I'm really excited to teach chapter 6 with <coughs> to you guys. Um, and we're going we're gonna to spend some time here on how we can glorify God with our bodies. But he says here in verse, uh, I think it's 19. Um, some of you guys might be like, hey, why are you reading out of a Bible? I've seen your notes. They're huge, like font size. I got bifogals, and I'm loving it. <laughs> why? Because you can see clearly. Do you guys know that we need to have our Jesus glasses on when we come to the word of God? Do we have those spiritual bifogals that we can see clearly what he's saying? And I want us to get this, brother and sister. Okay, First Corinthians, okay, oh, sorry. First Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God? And then he tells us in chapter 6, verse 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were, brought, or you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Wow. Because we've been bought with a great price, we're not our own anymore. Do you guys know that? When you give your life to Jesus Christ, that's not just lip service. Something cute that we pray to receive Christ into our hearts. It's what we do. My life is no longer my own. You lay down your life that I may live, and I'm laying down my life and giving it to you so you can do whatever you want with it. And once we do that and we're in, we become part of God's body. And we ought to honor him with our lives. How does that look, Pastor? Well, we're getting some framework as we study the scriptures, but it's going to look a little different for each one of us. Because God's going to do different things through us. We have different parts within the body, which Paul's going to wrap up as we get towards the end of Corinthians. So let's go back. When it tells us here in chapter 3, verse 16, okay, do you not know that you are the temple? This is something we need to understand, that we need to get, okay? And the word temple here is naos in the Greek, N-A-O-S, and it's the same word because they have different words in the Greek for the word sanctuary. But when it says here that you are the temple, it's the same word they use for the holy of holies within the temple. Not the outer courts. Okay? Not even the holy place where they go in and you have the incense there burning, which is the prayer of the saints and the, the showbread there, okay? The ministers would go in and they would do their, you know, ministerial work. No, this is the holy of holies where the presence of Almighty God, Almighty God himself is. Behind that huge veil, five curtains, 15 inches thick, that same veil that was torn on the day Jesus hung upon the cross and cried out, it is finished. Do you guys know what happened? 
huge earthquake. You know where the earthquake went? Right up to the temple and tore that veil. We're told in Hebrews from top to bottom. God's saying, hey, come on in. There's nothing that's going to keep you from me any longer. Nothing. And guys, do you not know that you are the temple, the holy of holies? The living God lives within you. That is truth. Well, I don't feel very holy if God, the Holy Spirit, almighty, holy God is living in I don't feel holy. I don't care how you feel. God does not care how you feel. Our faith is not about feelings. Our faith is based in truth. And that truth is Jesus Christ. He is the truth and he lives within you who believe. You got to stand in that truth. I don't feel holy, but you are holy. But pastor, you don't understand. I live a pretty dirty life. It doesn't matter. You've been bought with a price. You are holy. Start living like it. Stop being carnal and start living the way God's called you to live, to be spiritually minded. Enjoy your life. Live in the freedom that we have in Christ. So we will talk a lot more about being the temple when we get into chapter 6, but wrapping up this morning, let's finish chapter 3. There's a few things that the Lord has asked us um, to avoid. Verse 18 let no one deceive himself. I'm going to pause for a second. <laughs> Are we good at deceiving ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, I talked with a guy earlier this week. He was telling me how great he was. He was sharing with me all the things that he had done for God. And it was so cool because the Lord gave me, you guys know that our, our speech should be seasoned with salt, grace and salt. You know, I was very gracious in my speech to him, but the Lord gave me that that discernment of just throwing a little salt in there that you, you know what happens when the word of God is spoken okay it, it, it cuts okay it, it can it can divide we're told in Philippians or sorry Hebrews chapter 4 it can expose some things and what happens when we have an open wound and salt gets thrown on it a little bit it, it stings and that's the thing I want to do with you guys that's what I want to do when I'm meeting with a brother or a sister Let's bring it back to Jesus because it's about him. You know, praise God that God has used you in these ways. Isn't it so cool that he would chose you and that he would do such a work that hearts have turned to him, that people are growing in the grace of God, that he's blessing your efforts? It's all him. And that's the point that Paul's trying to make for us here. Don't deceive ourselves. Don't think more highly of ourselves than we ought. But also, guys, don't think lower of ourselves than we ought. Don't be deceived. Who are you in Christ? Period. Be truthful. Because let me tell you what, we can allow others to speak into our lives, and sometimes they are lies. Oftentimes they don't affirm truth. And that can derail us. We can find ourselves defeated just by the words of others. It doesn't matter what they say. What does God say? And even ourselves, okay, we can think negatively. We can go negative. What does God say? And if we think too highly, guess what? God's good at putting us down, right? We need to think soberly about ourselves. So that's one of the things to avoid, right, is uh, deceiving ourselves. And he says then... The rest of verse uh, 18 there. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness. I think this is the other thing we should avoid, right? The foolishness of this world. Would you guys say there's a lot of foolishness out in the world today? Yeah, turn on the news for like 0.5 seconds and you'll hear some, right? It's everywhere. So much foolishness. Like, look what's going on. It's just like, really? Now this thing? You know, why don't we do something? How can that be? Why are they allowing that? Foolish. Just a lot of foolishness everywhere. 
Um, For it's written, it tells us, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and they are futile. Man, don't we look to the wisdom of this world? Well, they're really smart. They must have it all together. Pastor, don't you know? Haven't you listened to them? Haven't you read their book? They're really smart. I'm not against reading books. I like reading books. But I want to read people who humbly (laughs) are truly humble before our God and have spiritual discernment. Because there is a lot of wisdom in this world. And if we are spiritually discerning, a lot of it's just foolishness. It's pointless. You're onto the new thing. You want me to be scared about what today? What's next week's fear-mongering about? And it just goes on and on, and we just keep heaping these people up. The wisdom of this world. Be careful, guys. And then it goes on to tell us in verse 21, therefore let no one boast in men. I think that's the other thing to avoid, right? You know, they're really smart. (laughs) They got it all together. Look at their company. Look at how big that church got. Look at what they're doing, all the books they wrote. Hey, it's easy to boast in men, isn't it? How great. Again, where's our boast? It's in Jesus Christ, guys. He's our boast. He's our everything. So he goes on to bring some clarity to this. He says, for all things are yours. Isn't that kind of a cool line? Okay, and I want us to think on that as we read verse 22. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, speaking of the apostle Peter, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God. Can somebody teach us what that means? What does that mean? We have all in Christ. The carnal Christian says, I need, I want more. The spiritually minded they have learned. They've learned something from God. We read before from Romans 7 where the Apostle Paul, oh, 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 oh wretched man that I am. Who's going to deliver me? Paul, when he wrote the book of Philippians, do you guys know that he wrote Philippians when he was in jail, behind bars? You guys who've read Philippians, you know it's all about rejoicing the Lord and the joy that we get as believers in Christ. He says toward the end of that letter, he says, I've learned. I've learned. This is the great apostle Paul. The one who wrote 14 books of the New Testament. The one who says in Romans chapter 7, oh, I'm doing the things I don't want to do. I learned. I've learned to be content. Do you think contentment comes with spiritual mindedness? Or do you think it comes with a carnal mindset? To be content in the Lord is a spiritual thing. I want to encourage you guys. Be content in Jesus. Pastor, that's easy to say, but it's really hard to do. I agree. I'll add an amen to that. But isn't the Spirit of God sanctifying us continually? He's doing a work in us, guys. 
And it's a work that will happen in our entire lifetimes. And all we can do is invite him to do that work. Lord, I'm open. I want to be refined. That fire, it looks hot. (laughs) I don't walk through it. But I think about Daniel. You guys remember his buddies? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They got thrown into a fire. Really, literally, right? In the fire. But what happened to those guys? Who did they end up hanging with while they were in the fire? Who was in there? Jesus wasn't out with the idols of the world, with the rest of the guys bowing down to some false god. No. These three guys were hanging with Jesus in the fire. They were also bound when they were going into the fire. You guys remember that? (laughs) What happened to those ropes which bound them? They burned off. (laughs) They were loose. They were freed in the fire. Fire may be scary, guys. But man, if God's going to set me free, if that's where Jesus is, let's not be scared of it. Things might get hot for a season. But he's going to set us free. And I think it's in those times of going through the fire, those trials, those hardships, guys, we learn how to be content. Because, oh, yeah, when everything's great and going well, everything's comfortable, I have everything I want, isn't it easy to say, yeah, I'm spiritual, everything's good with me. Oh, even if I went through it, I'd be good. Don't deceive yourselves. God uses hard things, guys. But he uses it for his glory. That's the thing that's cool. So again, how many times have we studied the word of God and it keeps coming back to these things? This is how God works. And he does want to enrich you. His ways are right. They are good. So I want to encourage you, brother, And sister, you have all things in Christ. Receive them by faith. Walk in them. Stop looking to the world to fulfill. It's just going to leave you wanting more. It will never satisfy. But Jesus Christ, man, wow. We can go through the hardest things in this life. And we still have a hope that is real we still can have joy because we're saved. (laughs) We're going to heaven. We get to be Jesus in all eternity. That's pretty cool. And that's something this world cannot take away from us. And that is what this world is trying to find. But they're not going to find it until they bow the knee before their creator. So I want you guys to stand with me. This picture is still up on the screen. I'm sorry I left my ugly face up there so long. Um, (laughs) So, these are pretty big bags. They look small on the screen, but they can hold a lot of sap. Have any of you guys ever burnt off uh, sap before to make syrup? Okay. Say out of a gallon or a bag like this, how, how much Luke... Would you actually get maple syrup from all that? A quarter of a pint, just a little bit compared to how big that bag is. Okay? If you are going through the fire and you're just like, man, I've been in the fire for a while, let me tell you what, you're probably a lot like me. There's a lot of stuff that God has to refine and burn off, you know? But again, guys, it is good. I don't know about you guys, but don't you want to live a life that's just a sweet aroma? to our God, that aroma that would just honor him, glorify him. He's worthy. I want to close this morning by singing with you guys this song. How many of you guys know this song, Lord, Prepare Me 
to be a sanctuary. Okay, most of you guys don't know it, so we're going to sing it, and then we'll sing it through one more time. This is one song that's been in my heart for decades. I don't even know where I learned it from. But I will tell you guys this. As we sing it, you guys are going to sing louder than you ever have before in this church because I sing really bad, and you got to cover my voice. <laughs> so you guys who do know it, okay, I saw you two up here, and you both know how to sing really well. You guys definitely, actually, Patience and Joel, will you guys come up here with me and help sing? Are you guys comfortable with that? Oh, I thought you did raise your hand. All right, you just sit down, sister. <laughs> come up here, Joel. You're going to kind of sing at me because there's a mic right here, okay? But let's sing this together. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. All right, we're going to sing it one more time, guys. But this line here, with thanksgiving, even if it's hard right now in this season in life, can we still be grateful? Can we still be thankful? Absolutely. Be anxious for nothing, brothers and sisters. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, make your request made known to God with thanksgiving. So let's sing one more time, guys. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. And that's our prayer, Father. We want to be that sanctuary for you. You told us that we are the temple of the living God. We can't change that, Lord. We are yours and you are ours. We are thankful that we have all things in you, Jesus. I do want to pray and ask for each and every one of my brothers and sisters here, or those who've been listening online, God, for us who put our faith in you, God. May we stand firmly upon our foundation, which is you, Jesus. May we continue to look to you, to trust in you, no matter what we're going through in this life, God. We know that your ways are right. God, we apologize, we repent of that carnal mentality, thinking, living, God, would you give us the grace to walk with you, to walk in the Spirit, to be in step with you, please. Lord, thank you so much for your word this morning. It truly is, God, um, so effective because it's truth. Your word is truth, and your word sets us free. Thank you, God, for renewing our minds. God, help us to be a, a church family here that honors you and glorifies you, that comes together and stirs you, just stirs uh, just the things up that are of you and about you, Lord, that we would be equipped well for your glory. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.